Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson, and ordinarily with him, Ian Morris. But he is snowed in because we have snow falling across the entire United Kingdom. So Ian is, uh, well, he's, he's dealing with that because he's not at home and couldn't get home. But he's in someone's home. Don't worry, he's not out in the cold, freezing to death. Uh, but we are going to be joined this week by Mr. Andy Hoyle from CNET. Hi, Andy. Hello, that's who I am. The one you just said. It's me. It's me. And you are. And I'm very glad that you're here because it meant that we can still do a show. So thank you for stepping in at literally five minutes notice. Welks. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, dear listener, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons, our new patrons. We've got some new ones since last week, including Thomas Grant. Who else is here? Jenny Smith, who are supporting us directly. Hang on, Jenny Smith. Is that my mother-in-law? Has my mother-in-law signed up as a patron? Jenny, if that's you, number one, thank you. Very generous. Number two, let's talk about that in a few minutes when I've done the show. Uh, Anyway, you can join what may well be my mother-in-law and Thomas uh, by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Thank you to everyone. Now, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, some of Ian's news that we had one patron asking about whether Ian is staying in the podcast. Um, Ian does have news. It's not really my place to disclose it here. Uh, but the answer to Stephen, who asked about whether he's staying with the show, is yes, of course he is. Like I was ever going to let his professional and personal life interfere with this show. Didn't um, Ian announce his news in last week's show? He announced it in last week's... Um, patreon show because it was limited uh in its distribution so i don't know if he's publicly talked about it um but i was going to ask him to talk about it but he has a new job it's very good news for him and yes he is staying with the show um but so are we so is andy so am i and i think we should jump right into the first bit of news here um the bbc wrote this week about a woman who was very cross indeed to receive a text from a courier company asking her to pay £58 in customs duties, VAT and some additional charges for a £180 order of a product from continental Europe from a website. On top of that, said the Beeb, the courier, another courier for a second parcel showed up at her door several days later asking for an extra payment of £82 for a £200 coat. Now, this story interested me because I received one of these bills last week too for something we ordered from Amazon, uh, but was delivered by a company from across the continent. And actually, if I reach behind my microphone here, I have said for... That's good paper, Foley. It was, and it was real. It wasn't edited in post. Uh, anyway, this is £17.93 for something that came in across the continent. It doesn't actually say what it is that this uh, that this was. But anyway, it came in, and I thought, well, this is a little bit annoying. What happened? And looked into it, and it's the same reason as this woman's quoted by the BBC, um, uh, which is that th- these are part of some new government rules. 
which says that, that these fees have to be collected by courier firms on authorities' behalf. Now, when the UK was part of the EU, uh, well, part of the customs union, goods can move freely between the country and other member states without import taxes, which is what these are for, being charged. But you, EU retailers sending packages to the UK now have to fill out these customs declaration forms and shoppers may have to pay the customs or VAT charges you know, depending on how much it costs and where it came from, uh, but they are the customer's responsibility, not the retailer's, and that, and thus have no idea how much these charges will be, whether they will apply to them. And this got me thinking because obviously this is a, a, a direct byproduct of of, of Brexit, um, and without diving too much into that, it did make me think. Well, what's the tech solution here? Because if we were all just buying from high street shops around the corner then this is not an issue. And perhaps that is what Brexit voters wanted. It's just to only shop in uh, in the high street or from UK only companies. But the question I have for you, Andy, is whether this problem is something we can now expect online retailers to flag at the point of purchase. For example, uh, eBay does this when you buy something in the UK that comes from the US. I did some searching this morning to see if there were some examples of this, and there were, and I found a whole bunch of clothes, for example, that um, that said actually quite specifically how much they would be charged uh, on import. Um, then I searched on eBay for some hi-fi amplifiers uh, from a company called Denon, just happened to pop into my head. Um, and the same was not true on the same website, eBay, the UK eBay, for European orders. So there is an existing framework that suggests this is possible, but just isn't being done yet. Uh, I checked from Amazon. Similar wording applies if you buy something from Amazon.com, but it's very, very, very vague, and it's even more vague uh, from European Amazon websites. But I think this is something we should expect websites to do. But do you, Andy? Yeah, I think so. Because the the last thing that they're going to want is for uh, a customer to buy something and then that customer gets um, out of the blue stuck with a bill, as has as has been the case. Um, because then that's going to... That's, the, the result is that that customer then goes and complains back to the shop, maybe even leaves a review on like is it FIFA or Google or something? And and um, despite the fact that that isn't the shop's fault, that is the UK's stupid fault for voting for a stupid thing in a stupid first place. Um, but uh, and I, I think that it's, I could anticipate that shops will, if shipping to the UK, could just build that into their shipping charges so that it is not something which suddenly out of nowhere stings the customer and yeah there'll be a, an explanation as to kind of why that is why that 599 um uh, shipping cost suddenly goes up to 45.99 or whatever um but i think that is probably a, a good solution so that it isn't a shock because that's kind of the problem with that with that woman with her coat it's like 80 pound bill putting aside the the stupidity of it being an 80 pound additional charge Clearly, like her problem was that she wasn't expecting this charge. She'd bought the item thinking that it was going to be £200 and that's all she pays. And then actually on its arrival, suddenly it's a lot more than she was expecting to pay. If she'd have known about that at the point of buying, then she could have made a more informed decision. And Luke in our chat room says getting a surcharge on postal orders from outside the EU is a major pain. Um, Luke, uh, should be noted, is... is uh 
within the area of concern here, I believe. Um, some web shops just don't offer a proper customs declaration. So uh, so the delivery person at the door has to ask for an on-the-spot payment. Sometimes they don't even have a digital way to pay or change that payment. Um, happened to him recently, he says, with a Secret Santa gift uh, from the US. So it's a, it, is, it is a problem. And Richard also asks, where does this money actually go to? Well, it goes to the government because it's a tax on, on goods coming into the country. So it's, I, I mean, one, it's, I suppose it's one of the ways of offsetting the fact that that money wasn't spent within the UK, but it, it goes back a very, very long time as, as far as the law goes. It's not, it's not new, but it's also not really new that this has happened at all for web orders. It's just now they're going to be happening a lot because anything coming in to the UK and in return, someone ordering something from the UK going to Europe are going to run into this problem. And we've seen examples of stores that have simply said, we're not going to sell to customers in the UK anymore because it's not worth our effort for the paperwork that needs to go into this to fill out these forms. And mm. it's it, it's just a it's just a massive pain and it's not important enough to us to appeal to one different country that has these new rules um, when your business doesn't rely on it. And this was I don't what- know enough about it, to be honest, but I, it seems like the sort of thing that given the demand, which there will be, um, that systems could be set in place that would uh, allow this to be very easily handled, that it's just a standard thing, which is, which is charged and um, means that particularly smaller businesses, maybe sort of independent retailers based in uh, in mainland Europe don't have to put in any extra effort on their part. It's just a standard thing. If it ships to the UK, that's how much it is. It could be built into an online web shop. It could be something that Squarespace or Wix or you know the the whoever created your website. That is a standard thing which can be just built in, um, so that it when a, when a UK customer is using that service. It's just automatically applied. There's no extra legwork. There's no paperwork. There's no uh, admin time spent, and also there's no, as I say, shock to the customer. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there was this time quite a few years ago when Amazon Prime launched in France, and Amazon was faced with having to pay a daily fine. I think it was on um, on on using Prime and offering free delivery because it technically broke France's rules um but amazon decided it was in its business interest to just pay the fine every time in order to offer the service because overall it was better for its bottom line and yeah, i do which want- is a rule only ever used uh, as, as a loophole only ever used by the worst types of people it's like footballers with their bentleys who will park on double yellow lines because uh they it, it is cheaper for them to just pay the the fine they get than it is to park their car properly and they just don't care we talked about this actually i think um when in fact was it on the show was it on twitter i just remember suggesting that uh, well not suggesting but asking whether covid violation fines should be means tested and we had a lot of response saying that means tested uh driving fines have been quite effective in other countries because it accounts for that exact problem that you you mentioned mm. but my but my point in mentioning amazon is really that this feels like the kind of thing that any web retailer with reasonable resource should be able to at least calculate and and provide information about upfront i mean amazon does do it a little bit ebay does it very explicitly um but it also makes me wonder whether it's the kind of thing that amazon would say well you know what We'll just absorb the cost up to a certain point for certain orders 
because if yeah, it's, because if it's why gonna... why would they want to bother paying taxes? Um, well, they, be... you know, they've shown their hands there, as have so many other companies. So um, let's just carry on not doing it. But you know, Amazon, Amazon, it would be bad for Amazon if people stopped using it to order smaller things because of because of this because of this uncertainty it's exactly the kind of thing amazon would do to to put the customer first if not as you say taxes or other things um to say well we'll just absorb this or make it part of prime <laughs> that we pay your import duties up to a certain point i'm just thinking out loud here this this isn't wasn't even in the script and i'm sure later when i edit this i'll think oh that's a terrible idea and cut it out but if i can't think of one then that's why you're hearing this on the on the podcast but, but my bottom line is that this is something we're going to run into a lot now i imagine um and it will surprise people and mm. i think we need to uh, think about solutions to this and it's probably in the web platform's hands to think of and provide those solutions yeah perhaps um maybe you have an alternative solution if you've run into this problem before and already had some thinking ahead of time on this you can let us know in the usual place which is hello at uktechshow.com you're used to hearing the smooth velvet sound of nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup Topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Continuing this week's show with uh, an unusual story, unusual at least uh, for us to, to talk about it because it doesn't directly concern the UK. Um, Reuters reported that the Dutch, a, creative, a great bunch of lads, uh, have made creative use of web-based services to dodge the Netherlands' ro- uh, lockdown and curfew rules with people signing up for borrower dog services and ordering the uniforms of home delivery companies. Now, you may wonder, of course, why uh, this is appropriate to be discussed on a UK-focused tech podcast. Uh, I assume you're all asking for an answer as well, more interesting than it simply being a very slow news week. Well, let me tell you this. This is what's relevant to the UK. 24% of the UK adult population have a dog, with an estimated total population of 10.1 million dogs uh, as pets alive in Britain, according to the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals. Plus, I've used a borrow my dog service before, borrow my doggy. So that's why this is relevant. I yeah, that you've, you've definitely found that tenuous link. Well uh, done. Thank you very much. Now, Reuters wrote that the Dutch are subject to a nightly curfew right now to help curb the pandemic. The first nationwide curfew, in fact, there I read since World War II. That's a very long time, Andy. Very, very it is long quite, time. It is quite a, quite a long old time, isn't it? Mm. But exceptions are being made for essential services, including takeaway meal delivery, package couriers, presumably um, walking around asking people for import tax uh, would help in this scenario too, uh, and people who need to take their dog for a dump. 
So, a website matching those in need... Crucially, uh, that is for a dump and not to the dump. True, but if you have the corpse of a lifeless pet in your house, it could be considered a health hazard, and maybe that would give you reason enough to leave your home during curfew. I don't know. Do you want to hang around with a dead dog? It's not on my list of things to do today, Andy. Probably not. No. Anyway, a website matching those needing help with their pets with volunteers for dog walking has apparently been overwhelmed with offers, jumping from about 10 a week to about 300. And this website... (sighs) Now, I'm going to butcher this, so I'm sorry because it's a Dutch website name. I'm going to pronounce it literally and then I'm going to turn to someone for some help. Uh, Machinleenhond.nl that is the website. And there's another one as well. Uh, Marktplatz.nl, which uh, Reuters said, throw sales of jackets and clothing of well-known delivery companies in response to soaring demand for similar reasons. Now, let me just, I'm going to unmute Luke here. Luke is one of our live patrons. Uh, well, he's one of our patrons. And he's going to join us. Um, uh, you can unmute yourself now, I think, Luke. Matchunleenhond.nl. Okay. Marktplatz.nl. How badly do you think I butchered uh, your pronunciations, Luke? Uh, Marktplatz was quite well. Match and Lanehond, you did a little bit less of a good job, <laughs> but it's a hard language. <laughs> oh, excellent! Thank you very much for that. I'll uh, I'll let you uh, remute yourself. Um, that's uh, that's Luke, ladies and gentlemen, helping me uh, unbutcher the uh, beautiful Dutch tongue there. Just to clarify, this isn't people legitimately wanting to actually borrow dogs. It's because, and Luke pointed this out in our chat here, um, that you now need a signed, written or digital form that your employer needs you to be outside. And if you try and falsify it, it's a criminal fraud charge rather than just being a simple fine. So part of the reason for for this strictness is is, uh, people are borrowing these dogs so they can be outside, not because they're actually taking the dogs for a walk uh, or lonely um no and let me make this absolutely perfectly clear if you are trying to find ridiculous excuses to go out and break lockdown putting yourselves and other people at risk under the guise of taking someone else's dog for a walk which you don't do you are a piece of and you should stay home well you're listening to judgment cast the uh judgment focused uh technology podcast look i can't i i mean yeah, this is the this is the thing. People are not taking this seriously. The reason why we are still back in another lockdown, the reason why economies are failing and businesses are going under and people are dying still and the NHS is stretched beyond breaking point is because people still aren't taking it seriously. They are going out. They are trying to, you know, they're, they're either just flat out breaking um, the regulations that are put in place or they are trying to find uh, arguments of how to get around it, which is as as bad as as breaking it if not worse because they think they're being cunning and they're trying to get away with something instead stay home look after yourselves and allow this to actually be solved and i honestly think these people couldn't cannot be punished hard enough for this stuff you ever borrowed a dog from a website andy no, I have not borrowed a dog. I have borrowed someone else's uh, uh, dog to look after for some time. It was a beautiful golden retriever called Willow. Um, we went out for lots of walks. So this was several years ago. Um, but, you know, you've given me an opportunity, Nate, to air my views on uh, on the absolute filth breaking uh, lockdown um, intentionally. And um, frankly, I've taken advantage of it. 
So if you are in any doubt about how I feel, then um, then I, I can clarify it even more. There are legitimate reasons to be outside, like going going for exercise. Yeah, but this isn't that because these people are not trying to be out. They're they're trying to find this. They're trying to pretend to be delivery drivers, or they or they are signing up. You know, to, they're finding trying to find loopholes. This is not a time to be finding loopholes. This is not a time to be trying to uh, do things because you want to. We're all in this and you know families haven't been able to be together at christmas we weren't together uh, at christmas it wasn't about trying to find oh oh i'm sure if we did this it doesn't really matter you know it does matter people are dying and like people aren't still aren't taking it seriously i could not believe some of the images i saw of, of people uh, when uh, some of the snow hit and there were just hundreds of people going up mam tour that one of the hills in, in the peak district um, and, you know, there's these assholes going up in like flip flops and, and converses and then the emergency services were having to come out and there were just hundreds of cars parked on the road as though there is nothing happening. And it, it is baffling that people still haven't got the message. I still go into shops and people aren't wearing masks and I want to literally take off their head. Um, it's it's unbelievable. And Richard uh, thought that what people were doing was uh, people wanting company of a dog because they were lonely due to lockdown. No, it's uh, just uh, they're just they're just dickheads trying to trying to bend the rules so that they can benefit despite everyone else. Also, how do you disinfect your dog after someone's taken it out? Now, that's a point, isn't it? If you borrow somebody's dog and take their dog and you're the kind of person that would do that in order to go to a party, then you're taking a dog to a party. People presumably will stroke the dog because people at parties, in my experience, love it when a dog shows up. Um, and then you're giving that dog back to a person who was locked down. You know what? That, I, I'm beginning to agree with your vitriol even more so now. Yeah, and people are asking, can dogs carry corona? It's not that the dog would get corona. It's that you could, you could be you're you're touching the the lead that they're walking. You may be touching their toys. You're probably touching the dog. And although the dog may not be able to get corona, I actually don't know. I know that they think cats can, but um, uh, it's uh, but the dog, you know, theoretically that the the virus could be uh, physically on there on those accessories and maybe even on the animal itself coming back into someone's house and if you are the sort of person that is as you say trying to find these loopholes you're the sort of person that as you know may well have it have all the you know oh. <sighs> people are the worst some people are great some people, are, some people are pe people who listen to to uk focused technology podcasts they're incredible they're, they're some of the finest individuals who have ever mm. slithered from the loins of a parent, Andy. And I think we mm. can all agree on that. I think we can all agree that that was a lovely mental image, too. This feedback comes in from Raphael, who says, Hi, I just listened to your episode and must say I totally agree. Oh, I should point out, <laughs> he was referring to the episode where I said it would be a really good idea to put um, uh, 
bespoke content in ad breaks for people watching on di- watching live TV, but through an app they subscribe for, so they don't have to sit through tedious ads. Uh, might have been in the Patreon version of the show last week, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, Raphael continues, I myself ended up paying for YouTube Premium mainly because of the ads, only secondary to that because YouTubers receive more money from a viewer with Premium than they do from someone only with ad- uh, who are watching the ads. Uh, only at the last place because of YouTube music that got bundled in. So I cannot agree more, Raphael says. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, I think it was one of my finest off the top of my head suggestions that that was. Um, you weren't here last week, Andy, or was that the week you were here? Did no, we it was not that? the week I was here. This, this sounds like news to me. It was news. It was a great idea. I just thought if you're watching a TV program that's got like 20 minutes of ads in it and you're watching on an app that you're paying for because it said it's ad free why not use the ad break for some live behind the scenes content yeah. uh, in the same sort of guises where you have the the companion show after the live show to do all the analysis like get one yeah. of those people on to do a little interview so instead of watching ads you're watching a bit of content also yeah. incentive to subscribe i just think advertising is, is really fundamentally broken there's so much wrong like i Still love the fact that I can search for one, um, you know, sort of obscure object, um, you know, for example, a dining table, uh, which I then bought, and then I'm chased around the internet for several months by dining tables, and and I really just badly wanted to say, like, look, guys, I've I've bought a dining table. Like, your 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 mechanisms are wrong in that you think that someone who has just bought a dining table is now the target market for a dining table because I'm clearly not. So if I could just say. I have bought the dining table and they can be like, oh, cool. In which case, let's advertise to you cutlery sets or cups or tablecloths, you know, things related to it because you no longer need the table. But it doesn't happen. There's a lot that I think we really need to be able to change um, with advertising. I I think you're overlooking, uh, of course, some of the delightful bourgeois classes who have more than one dining room, Andy. Perhaps they do uh, want a second dining room. Perhaps they're trying to build a fort. Uh, and they and they simply want a double decker dining. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I really am. Double decker dining, dining room. Uh, yeah. Double decker dining table. Um, sounds like a one man Edinburgh show. It does, doesn't Nate it? Nate Langson presents double decker dining table. <laughs> it sounds like a taskmaster task. <laughs> I think it's time we check in with Tom Merritt. He's sitting over there in his daily tech news show chair. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. What a mess this show's become. Anyway, let's hear about what's been happening in the wider world of tech from Tom this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, autonomous drones out of the line of sight gets approval in the United States. A new shuffle button's coming to Netflix. We speculate on who might want that. Also, why LG might stop making phones. Facebook's Supreme Court faces its first big test should the suspension of President Trump's account be overturned. And Dr. Kiki is here to help us understand quantum communication and why China is leading in it. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. At no point ever did Tom reference whether it was legal to ride a horse drunk, uh, which came up in the Patreon version of our show this week, uh, along with what I can say is probably some of our most bizarre tangents ever. Um, And that's why you can listen to both shows without a great degree of overlap. Um, We are getting quite a lot of feedback in our live chat room now that despite my protestations that this week was one of the most bizarre and um, out of control episodes ever, we're getting shows, comments like, best show ever, it was golden, today was a fun one, 
Charlotte says, it really was. Good luck editing it. Yes, this would be a or great just don't week. edit it. Just put it out. Do you censor swearing? Because I've only sworn mildly. I'm glad you asked, Andrew. Thank you. Here's my answer. Yes, only on the version that goes out to patrons in a slightly edited form and on the free version. The uncensored, unedited version that goes out to some patrons is, as the name implies, unedited and uncensored. As if listening to it live, you might say. Mm. Yes. Thanks for that unscripted prompt uh, to promo the the Patreon. But yes, if you want to get the full show as recorded or as recorded with some of the crap removed, (laughs) simply go to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Support us, support Andy, support yourselves. Patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Thank you. Also, I'm going to be on This Week in Tech uh, this evening, uh, Sunday, the, what's today's date? Uh, 24th. 24th of January. So if you're listening to this, like, now, then tune into Twit, because then you'll get more of this voice and less of, say something, Andy. Um, say something. That voice. Yeah. Thank you. Andy, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yes, plenty of things. Um, specifically one thing, and it is my YouTube channel, um, which is Andrew Langson Photography. It is all about the photography that I do. Um, and specifically, there's a video that is going live uh, in about an hour from now. So it'll be live by the time this goes out, um, I'm sure. Um, it's all about the joy of sort of getting out for short walks in your local area and just finding uh, nice photos and how that can just be a really nice way of spending some time and if you are into your photography and you found that you've been a little uninspired and demotivated recently as we all have getting out for these short little safe trips can be a really nice way of sort of keeping your creativity fired up that's great so if you like this um audio only podcast um consider going and checking out a visual only medium uh put two and two together and you're getting maximum andy full I'm also- andy I would say I am about 85% less furious in my in my videos than I have been in this episode of Text Message. I mean, honestly, uh, you're normally significantly less furious. I think you need to go and have a very long look in a mirror. Think about... You've known me for 33 years. You know full well that I am not regularly significantly less furious. I am usually... I am usually riding at about 60% level of rage, but today has, uh, has certainly peaked my up. But again, I would say for good reasons, because Well, you may be, you may be, but that's for the listener to decide. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks, Andy, for joining us, and we will see you in one week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.